Good afternoon, everybody. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Thank you. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So who's running the show today? Who's running the show? Okay. So now I want y'all to know that this is the first time I've ever been interviewed by children from our youth. So I'm excited about you interviewing me. Like, this has never happened. And when I was your age, I never had opportunity to interview the mayor. And so I'm, I'm, I'm delighted about being here, honestly. So, you know, I got a little nerves with me too, all right? All right. Welcome students, staff, and honor guests. Please allow us to begin by acknowledging Black History Month and the historic election of the first African-American mayor for the city of Pittsburgh, the Honorable Ed Ganey. My name is Samaya Williams, and I am student council president for Manchester Academic Charter Middle School. In social studies, we have been learning about your seven priorities, housing, public safety, economy, environment, education, mobility, and youth. So you've been studying. Through this process, we've identified points of interest, researched, and brainstormed solutions to problems that affect our communities. We now have the privilege of presenting a set of questions carefully selected by the seventh and eighth grade students. But before we begin, please allow me to introduce the principal and CEO in Manchester Academic Charter School, Mr. Vasilya Skumis. All right. So, I have the honor of introducing our nine panelists for you. And again, we want to thank you for coming. Oh, thank you. Uh, number one, E. Smith. Adia right. Smith. She's our vice president. She's been with us for six years, and she'll be heading to Obama. Wow, all right now. Chloe Pettis Watkins. <laughs> National Juniors Honor Society. She's been with us for 10 years. Wow. So that's preschool. Wow. And she is headed to Pittsburgh Science and Tech. And Mayor, you will notice our kids end up, a lot of kids are going back to Pittsburgh Public, which is a great thing. Some go to City High and some other charters, and some go to private. Okay. Right. Our next one is Omar Good. <laughs> National Juniors Honor Society, three years with Max, and he's headed to Bishop Canavan. Layla Sebron. She's in seventh grade and she's been with us for eight years. All right, all right. Jameer Steele. He is a seventh grader and he's been with us for eight years. Navea Jefferson. She is on our basketball team. She's been with us for two years. Feels like a lot longer. And she'll be headed to the Neighborhood Academy. Micah Thomas. Seventh year, and he's a senator here at the school. So he's looking into politics himself. And this is his seventh year, Max. 
Samaya Williams. She's our president. This is her ninth year, Max, and she's headed to Obama. And Matthew Stevenson. This is his fifth year, Max, and he is our senator here, Max, too, and he's headed to Swickley Academy. <laughs> Madam President, would you like to take the mic from me? Madam Vice President, would you like to take the mic? Hello, my name is Adia Smith. I am in eighth grade, and I am the Vice President of the Student Council. You will now receive several questions from seventh and eighth grade students at Max. My question for you today is, being the city of Pittsburgh's first black mayor, how do you feel when people criticize your ideas and how do you handle it? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that, um, you know, I tell people that in, in life that you have to expect criticism. Um, and I'm always under the belief that if you don't have criticism, you're doing something wrong. See, you don't, I think a lot of times we want everybody to like what we're going to do. And the reality is in life that no, if you're, if you're doing what everybody likes, then what are you doing for yourself? And I always tell people the reality is that um, you got to know the problems in order, in order really to solve them. So, you know, my team hears me, my detail hears me all the time that, you know, I've learned to fall in love with my problems. Um, because the reality of the situation is, the reality of the situation is that if you don't have a problem, you don't have a promise of a better tomorrow. So I had to realize that early that adversity didn't come to break me, it came to make me. So I had to fall in love with adversity and make it my friend. So criticism is not something that I take personally. Everybody can criticize, but as long as we move in the ball, as long as we doing what we're supposed to do, I'm okay. And that's the number one thing. That's the way I look at problems, the way I look at problems. A person that don't have a problem won't have no, a person that don't have a problem don't have a pathway to a better tomorrow. The only way you have a pathway to the better tomorrow or a promise of a better tomorrow is if you have promise that you have to overcome that becomes your personal testimony of how you did it. And so the, the problems that we have in the city are good problems. We're talking about things that's gonna move the city forward. And yes, it's gonna be a little different because my eyes is keen. Like I come from a neighborhood that was segregated a silo. So I understand that from a grassroots perspective exactly what we gotta do to unite the city. And I'm laser focused on doing it. And so the people that want me to help, the people that want to help me solve that issue, I'm for. But the people that just want to criticize, nine out of 10, they don't have an idea. Hello, my name Hello. is, sorry. Hello, my name is Chloe Pettis Watkins. I'm an eighth grader in National Junior Honor Society. Mm, my question, thank you. My question is, how do you plan to help rehabilitate adults serving jail time? Say that again. How do you plan to help rehabilitate adults serving jail time? Wow, that's an excellent question. Um, so I come from Larmer, East Liberty Larmer area. I was right on Larmer and Broad Street. Then I moved to a place called Collins, which was Garden Apartments. So I, I understand the whole power of reentry. You know, the one thing that we've been working on reentry is how do we keep people out of old patterns? Like when you come back, there's a, there's a a certain amount of energy, new energy you have, a certain amount of you feel good, but the reality of the situation is that you gotta go to work twice as hard. Like you gotta know what you wanna do. So one of the things we've created was the Smell Initiative. And in the Smell Initiative, we're talking about reentry. Now the challenge with that is like, I don't control reentry money, the county does. And I don't have a say on 
how the county spends its money because I'm the city. But what we've done is that we've said, how do we connect people to opportunity? See, if I connect you to opportunity, I did well. So we created a male initiative called, well, it's not only a male, female initiative too, called Pathways to Prosperity, Pittsburgh's Pathway to Prosperity. Can I take what you want to do, put you in a position where you can learn what you want to do, whether that's through the trades, whether that's technology, whether that's working for the city, whatever you want to do, put you in a pathway that you can see something new so you want to come become something new. Because I recognize and realize that in six months, if you're in the same neighborhood that you went to jail in, in six months or a year, if you don't have no new desire to want to be something else, then you will fall back into the same thing that you did six, seven months and months ago. And I tell my team, and they'll always tell you, that's the difference between growing old and growing up. I don't want you to grow old, I want you to grow up. And a lot of people that you meet will grow old, but they'll never grow up. Growing up is the responsibility to be able to take care of yourself and be able to do it in a way that you're not jeopardizing your future. You don't abort your future for, for, for extreme gratification right now. You just don't do that. Like, it takes a long time to grow up. Like, I had to tell my daughter, 21 makes you an adult. Let's get it right. Let's get it twisted. By law, 21 makes you an adult. But you're not a woman until so you can take care of yourself. Because I became an adult at 21, but I didn't become a man until I was 29. And so it takes a while to become a man or a woman. 21 just makes you a legal age. And so if we don't find a way to put them on a pathway of a new beginning, then I know they're going to fall back into that same trap. And once they fall back into that same trap, that same trap will produce the same outcomes to put them in the penitentiary. So the key is how do we change that road? So some of the psychological, you know, we got to make sure that they have the right proper um, social workers in their life to help them deal with some of the roadblocks that they may encounter so that they don't give up. Secondly is how do we put them in a workforce development program that provides them opportunity to live a different life. When we do that, then we can change some of them. Now some of them are married to the game. They're not going to change for nothing in the world. Those we can't do nothing about because that's what they choose to do. They, they're committed to that. And I realize that I come from that type of neighborhood. But the ones that want a new opportunity, the ones that want to grow up and not just grow old, we're going to create a pathway for them. Hi, my name is Omar Good Jr. I'm in eighth grade and I'm a part of National Junior Honor Society. What types of programs or resources is your office working on for adolescents that have inadequate home lives or are not per properly nurtured or cared for? It's an excellent question. It's an excellent question. You are good? You related to Kenny? No. Okay, all right. I know a couple of goods from the north side. But um, that's an excellent question. Oh, Tika, Tyra, and all them, yeah, okay. So you are related to him, huh? I, yeah, the principal know, don't he? So um, the reality is that um, I think that, one, you gotta, you know, like, you gotta make learning your best friend, right? I can't change you, you have to wanna change yourself. What we can do is provide opportunity. So what we've done is we've created, we partnered with Pittsburgh Public Schools to create um, pre um, Prepare to Prosper. So we're creating pathways, like you heard me say, that if you want to work for the city, you can work in our parks and recreation. You can work in our, um, in our de Department of Public Works. You can work in our, um, our Domi Department. We're creating pathways that people can work for the city. And that's one way that we're trying to reach them. The second, the, second, the second is when you talk about homes, 
So I come from a single mom, right? I come from a single mom. And I know it was difficult for my mom a lot of times, you know, being a single mom. So we created a single moms program where we're out there talking to single moms to see how we can help them. Because I believe if you can help a single mom, you can help the child. If you can get the mama, you can get to the child. So we want to make sure that these moms have pathways to work. A lot of them don't work. And if you don't work, then, you know, nine out of 10, you know, the house is impregnated by something else that we don't want to birth. We want to birth life. And in order to birth life, we got to make sure that mama's going to work. Hello, my name, oh, that's so close, sorry. <laughs> Hello, my name is Layla Sebron. I'm in seventh grade and also the last member of National Junior Honor Society. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my question for you is, in the news, there has been recent conversations about reopening the Schumann Center. If uh -huh. reopened, how will you ensure that it will be a center of rehabilitation? Yeah, so one, th this has always been a challenge for me, to be honest, because I don't control Schumann Center. I don't have a say on what they do with Schumann Center or nothing. Like, I would have never closed Schumann Center. I would have reimagined what juvenile detention should be. I'm not saying that Schumann, Schumann Center was a success, because the reality is it wasn't. But should we have to close it? Absolutely not. You never take a tool out of the toolbox. You keep all your tools in the toolbox. Now, can you reimagine what Schumann should look like in order to be more re rehabilitative and more to be more educational so that when kids are coming out, they're not coming back, they're not coming out with the same old song, but they got a new song in their mouth? Yeah, we should have done that. But the county didn't want Schumann Center. The county thought that the county government should not be in the business of juvenile detention. So instead of thinking about or reimagine what it could be, because you're right, we do need to reimagine what it could be. They just closed it down. So what happened was they flunked four state inspection, four state inspection. Now, in my eyes, after the third time you flunked the state inspection, you should have made a decision on what you were going to do. The fact that you just flunked four because you didn't want it is not responsible to me. To me, what's responsible is you reimagine how we do juvenile detention. That way we be saving kids and, that's, and, that, and, and, that, and kids not dying. So I think we did it wrong, that's my, my opinion. I wish I had Schumann Center in my control. I wish I had the county jail in my control. I wish I had Port Authority in my control. Like I don't have a say in what Port Authority does. I have no say, it's all Allegheny County. Allegheny County Port Authority, the airport. I have no say in the airport or what happens. The airport is ran by Allegheny County government. So in those areas, I don't even have a seat on the board. But most of the activity that impacts it comes out of the city, and the city don't have a seat on none of those boards. To me, that's a shame, because you should want the mayor to be part of Schumann Center, the county jail, Port Authority, the airport, and all those other areas, because at the end of the day, everything they need runs through the city. So how are we at the table? My name is Jameer Steele. I'm a seventh grader at Manchester Academic Charter School. Mayor Ganey, we learned that you went to Morgan State, yeah. a historical black university in Maryland. Do you recommend HBCUs to, HBC, HBCUs to Pittsburgh graduates? Absolutely. So let me be honest, though, right? Let me be honest. So when I, you know, I'm going to be honest now. I want y'all to all be good students, but you're asking me, and I don't want to sugarcoat anything. You know, I don't want to sugarcoat anything at all. So let me be extremely honest. When I first left Peabody, greatest high school ever made, 
right? Peabody High all day long. You know what I mean? So Peabody is the school I graduated from. And I was like 18 years old, but I had a 14-year-old mentality, right? So I really wasn't prepared for college. Um, and I wasn't the greatest student at the time. So I went to Norfolk State, and when I was at Norfolk State, it was the first time I come from a single mom. My mom was 15 when she had me, so we didn't, we didn't go on. We ain't go on vacation, so I had never been to a beach. So when I got to Norfolk, they introduced me to something called Virginia Beach. And um, um, when I got to Virginia Beach, I forgot about school. And then they told me not to take 8 o'clock in the morning classes, but I wanted to take 8 o'clock in the morning classes. What I discovered at Norfolk is that you can't hang out till 2, 3 in the morning and be at an 8 o'clock class. So I didn't do well at Norfolk State. I, I came home with a 1.8 average. And I'm my mom's firstborn. And so when I came in the door, um, she said, my firstborn, and all the struggle I did with you and you bring me home a failure. And I like hurt it real bad, it cut me. But she could have been like fake and been like, oh, it's okay, baby, you did all right. But she let me know that it's time to grow up, son. You got an opportunity to go to college and you blow it because you partying on the beach. So when I, I had to go to CCAC for two years to get my grades up. And then I went to Morgan State. But by the time I got to Morgan State, I had learned how to be a student. And I couldn't wait. And what Morgan State did for me was, for me, was that it took a guy that didn't know how to study, it took a guy that didn't understand my African-American heritage, and it poured into me. I, I, I began to understand my role and why it was important. And then I began to grow up. And so the day I graduated from Morgan State University, I left the procession line and took my degree and gave it to my mother because see, I had to let her know she was appreciated because at the end of the day, you, 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 you sacrificed for me. And I wasn't growing up because I didn't understand what it meant to get an education. It was always a joke to me. But once I understood it, I'm a student for life. I don't, every day I don't learn something, I got an attitude with myself. Every single day I don't learn something. See, it don't have to be big, but I got to learn something every single day. Because if I don't learn every day, that's a day I just gave away. And I'm not giving my time to nothing but learning, growing up, and making moves so that I can show a community a different way of how to do things. That's my commitment now. So I will never be in a situation where I'm not learning. You know what I mean? If I learn something every day, and it can be small to big, every day I learn something, I become a better player. And my goal is to be the best I can be. Hi, my name is Nevaeh Jefferson. I'm part of varsity basketball here at Max. Yeah. And my question is, you listed mobility as one of your fo focal points in office. Say that again. You listed, my question is, you listed mobility as one of your focal points while in office. Many students catch public transportation to and from school. Yeah. And recent changes with the Pittsburgh Regional Transit has affected bus routes for students and working adults. Correct. And my question is, what does your office have planned to combat these issues? Right. Number one, you got a jump shot? Can you shoot? Yes. You shoot? Uh, can, can she get down? Ah, uh, there you go. There you go. 
So, so, you know, that's a great question because it did mess up the transportation pattern. But I don't have a say in that because I'm not on the Port Authority or PRT, whatever they want to call themselves now. I'm not on their board. Like, they don't owe me an explanation for anything. They can change any bus route they want when they want to change it. They don't have to ask me or the superintendent of public schools or even charter schools how it's going to impact transportation routes. I don't even know what mechanism they use to decide where buses is going to go. They never told us anything. They just did it. You know, and that's what I mean about I should have a seat on Port Authority's board or PRT's board, whatever they want to call themselves, because most of your activity is in the city. How can you not have, how can you have most of your activity in the city and, not be on, and, and the mayor not be on the board? Like, that don't even make no sense. Think about it. You making decisions without the mayor and the superintendent? It doesn't make any sense, but it's been that waste for 100 years. Hello, my name is Micah Thomas. I'm the senator for the, the school, the, this school. I'm the no, senator no. for this school. My question I have for you, Mayor Egg Guinea, is in past interviews, you have mentioned how big of an impact gentrification has had on the right. city. What are your plans for managing gentrified communities and offering more affordable housing options to families in the city? That is a great question. That's a great question. And so a lot of developers want to do what they call market rate units. That's like one unit that costs like $2,000 or something like crazy. And so what they want to do, because they get a bigger return on their investment when they do market rate. So every, every mayor's administration develops the housing policies that it wants to develop. And, and in building market rate, like I had to let people know I'm not against market rate, but it didn't stabilize our city. It destabilized our city. It became transit. Because most people that have market rate units are not families. They're individuals they are here for 48 months to 60 months, and then they leave four years or five years, then they leave because the job is over here. So they don't even get to know their neighbors. They're not part of the fabric of the city or anything. So we, we set out early that we let developers know that if you don't have affordable housing in your package, don't come see me. And so to make it a reality, there was um, a developer called Bakery Square, and I want to thank them because they partnered with me. But at the time, they were in a development that would have no affordable units. And I told them when I came in, I couldn't support it. And it's, the development was called Oakland Crossings in, in, in Oakland. And I told them that if I'm going to break the chains of prior poverty, then I got to put kids and families in growth sector developments. So 12% of your development has to be affordable with deep Section 8 vouchers so that children whose moms are on Section 8 don't have to live in projects, but can live in developments that have a certain amount of market rate and see a new way every day where you don't see people just chilling out but going to work. I want, in order to change the mind, I have to expose them to something greater than what they see every day. If the only thing you know is what you see every day, then that's what you become. But if I can change your mind by showing you something new through housing, through affordability, then I can change the way you see the world. My goal is to change the way children see the world because had I not went to Morgan State, I'd have never seen the world differently. I had to leave here to see, I'd never met a politician in this city in my life. Growing up, I didn't have no politician knock on my door, come to my school. I never met a politician, never. 
So you can use housing as a way to break poverty by making sure you integrate it in the other housing development projects that gives you the ability to show a child something different. Secondly, we're going to market because market is called we're going to get a bond, a housing bond, because coming in the office, we didn't have a housing plan. Like, I couldn't imagine how you don't have a housing plan and you run a city. So we actually are going out to the bond. We're going out the bond to, to make sure for 70 million over three to four years to start building affordable units throughout this city. That still may take 12 to 18 months because there ain't no microwave meals in development. You know, I told you before, like, listen, I became an adult at 21. I didn't become a man until I was 29. It takes time to develop some. But if, when, I'm sorry, because we're getting the money. <laughs> when we get the money, then we can start building a plan for additional affordability. Hello, my name is Samaya Williams, and I am student council president. Mayor Ganey, in my research, I learned that Pittsburgh was renamed the new tech hub or smart city. What is being done to support diverse technology groups and to encourage more technology companies to start and do business in the city? Excellent question. Excellent question. And we haven't been branded yet. Like when I first came in the office, I asked the business community, what is our brand? Like if I go to New York, it's called the Big Apple. If I go to Philly, it's Brotherly Love. You know what I mean? If I go to Cleveland, it's called the Land. What is our brand? What are we branding? Who are we? Are we still the steel mill industry? Are we tech industry? We don't even have a tech week, right? And when you look at the tech communities and the ones that are growing, they don't have a diverse population in terms of employees and entrepreneurs. And so I've been working with them. We created a, we created a tech group and we've been working with like Googles. We've been working with like um, 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 Facebook or Met, Met, what's it called? Met, Meta, Facebook. Um, the bigger ones that's in the city to say, how do we diversify? How do we create a pipeline for young kids that want to get into this tech world to be able to enter into the tech world? Because if we don't create a pathway, then you're only going to get it by chance. Most of the people that's in this tech world, like when I had a, when I had a big meeting in the tech community, the one thing they told me was, hey, we'll hire minorities, but we don't know them. And I had to respect that, right? Because nine out of 10, you don't hang out with minorities, right? If I go to you, the places that you have food or taverns that you drink at, I'm not going to see blacks in there. But that don't mean blacks are not out here that's ready to be able to be in the tech world. And so my key is how do we create a pathway to solutions? And one of them is working with them right now. And we got a couple that got, con you know, that's being able to get some contracts with them. So that's not going to change overnight. You still look at 15 years to really get it to where we want to be. Um, but my job is to plant the seed and let the next administration let it grow. Hello, my name is Matthew Stevenson, and I'm the eighth. I'm eight. I'm in eighth grade, and I'm the center of Max. We'd like to thank you for spending your time with us today and providing us with with such thoughtful responses. And the and the final question for this afternoon is: What advice do you have for teenagers as future leaders of this city? Wow! 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 Wow. So, so, so a couple things, right? You know, I'm going to encourage you to really, you know, I'm going to tell you what changed me. I can only give you what was given to me. You know, and the one thing that changed me is just understanding African-American history. Um, our story is so powerful, and I believe, and I believe this in my spirit, that if more young African-Americans understood our history, 
They wouldn't want to be gangsters and thugs, but want to be kings and queens. See, we have a story that is really unbelievable. I mean, to be able to come over here on a boat, watch your children get sold into slavery, mom being beaten and raped, daddy being murdered, to laws, laws like some of y'all in the government, to laws that said you were three-fifths of a person, three-fifths of a person, to this Jim Crow one and Jim Crow two, you know, not to, to not being able to put money in a, being able to put money in a bank, to own land, to buy a house, to go to school, to pray that you like you wanted to pray. We had no rights at all. And then the first right we got was the 15th Amendment when it said black men can vote. And then, but women couldn't vote. Then women couldn't vote to the 19th Amendment. And then on the ability to free slaves, they had something called the Industrial Revolution that was supposed to give slaves jobs. But because of some of the laws that was on the books, they didn't, they never gave slaves jobs because it was all a manifestation to get something done that they wanted without feeding African Americans. And then you had civil rights that said you had whites here and blacks here. Then we ran into this drug culture that was so big that we created mass incarceration that really most, most ethnic groups they use drugs at the same rate, but the, but the jail looks like, looks black and brown. Like I never understood that, but again, it's another barrier to success. But through all that, I want you to think about all that that we had to go through. And you become, we still elect, the first African-American, Barack Hussein Obama, to be president of the United States of America with no reparation, no nothing, just our journey to be able to be free and fight for it every day. That's why I want you to be the young leaders. Because when, when I was your age, they used to come to me and say, you're the next leaders. Your, your generation is the next leaders. And I used to look at them like, yeah, whatever, you crazy. I'm, I'm 16, 17 years old. I, how can I be the next leader? Because I didn't understand. Because I never had nobody explain it to me, but they were right. Because see, I'm 53. I got 15 more years and I'm retired. What the world looks like in 15 years is not in my eyes. What the world looks like in 15 years is in your eyes. You will create what the new Pittsburgh in the world looks like. All I gotta do now is execute the dreams that I believe based on how I grew up, based on what I seen when I was your age. In 15 to 20 years, you'll be the new leaders. What do you want the city to be? What do you want, it to, what do you want yourself to be? If you can define what you want to be, then take it by storm. But if you understand your history, you won't get caught up in the drug game. You'll get caught up in your game because your game will make you successful and a leader that can take the next moment, that can take our community further. See, it's really about how much you know. Nobody else. And I didn't know that when I was your age. Because if I did, then I would have understood why at a young age they was telling me I'm the next leader. But I had to leave here in order to get a grip from Morgan State to understand the mentality of what I was doing so that I could come back home and lead. I'm going to say this to you, young brother. Learn all you can learn. Grow all you can grow. And when you run into problems, don't get upset. Be happy you got a problem. Because the only one that don't have a problem is a person that ain't got a promise. Everybody that got a problem got a promise. And you want problems. I ain't saying they feel good. I ain't saying they feel good. They don't. But you need a problem in order to have a promise. And as long as you stay on that road, you'll get what you want out of life.
We now love, we now like to welcome Mr. Skumis back to the floor. Mayor, I know a lot of people that know you, and now I know why they love you. This is oh, great, and I appreciate the real words. You have any secrets for Miss Gardner back there for all the kids? <laughs> I'd like to take a minute to thank all the teachers. If you could, Max teachers, just raise your hands. Thank you very much. <laughs> Miss Thomas is the reason you're here, so thank you, Miss Thomas. Mayor, we have a great partnership here with the Children's Museum, the Saturday Light Brigade. Yeah. Saturday Light Brigade's doing all the things here. Saturday Light Brigade, big round of applause. Yeah. They do some great things with uh, Youth Advocate. And the Children's Museum, a lot of folks here. Can you say hello, raise your hands, thank you. And as you can see, we got the best kids in Pittsburgh. Amen. So big round of applause for Pittsburgh. But truthfully, we'd like to thank you. I, I didn't realize how real this was gonna be in your words, how inspiring they are. And, and, and truthfully, I hope everybody's listening. And it, it's very, I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years. I've been in Max for 25 years. He's the first mayor to come and talk to a group of kids. Wow, so it's very you. special. Thank you. thank you very much for coming. You are welcomed here anytime. So any, anytime you wanna walk out of office and get away from anything <laughs> a little bit, you come over here, we'll uh, give you a place to I hang out. It. And about four days ago, it was Mayor's birthday, right? Four, yeah, four February days ago? Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Again, thank you, Mayor. I just want to say before I go, thank you to everybody. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk with you. I wish I'd have had a mayor or somebody when I was your age come talk to me. I really do. I didn't, like I said, I didn't meet, a, I didn't meet a, a, an elected official or a mayor till I was in Baltimore and it was a guy by the name of Kurt Smoke. He was the mayor. He was an African-American mayor. And the state was trying to defund Morgan State University because they wanted another university to take over the engineering lab. And he helped us make sure that the state didn't defund a historical HBCU. And that was the first time the light bulb went off about what I wanted to become. So you never know when the light bulb's gonna go off. You never know when the light bulb is gonna go off. Just be happy that it do. Thank you, Mayor. Big round of applause.